Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events, and we are still talking Corona. We have a lot of questions and a lot of people talking to us about how Corona is affecting them. They have questions about how it's going to affect them in the future and what they can do to kind of combat it. So today we're going to do the episode on different avenues you may have to get a financial break during the coronavirus quarantine time. Um, we get a lot of questions by people um, that are struggling financially for obvious reasons during the quarantine. So today we're going to go through a number of different ways that you may not even know are out there that you could save money or push off some bills that you may have. Continue to send in the questions. We love getting them. We love answering them. The best way to get those questions to us is through social media at Tragos Law on Instagram, Tragos Artists and Tragos on Facebook, or you can go to the Peter's Proffer page on Facebook or Instagram and get the questions in there. That's the quickest and easiest way to get those questions to us. If you have a specific legal question or a question about a case or something like that, we're happy to talk to you. You can always call our main line. Um, you can send me an email, petertragos at greeklaw.com, and that phone number is 727-441-9030. All our information is always on our website, which is tragoslaw.com. That's the easiest way to get that information. Um, but we're going to have fun with this podcast, and we're going to try to give as much information as we can to give people resources so they can look into easing some of that burden during this time. So thanks for being with us today. All right, so today we're going to jump right into giving the listeners some different information that's going to allow them to either save money or push some bills off during the quarantine period because of the coronavirus. Um, We get all sorts of questions in from people about their financial struggles, what they can do, um, what legal avenues there are for them to kind of make it through this time while they're either out of work or their company's making a lot less money. So everybody basically that's dealing with um, the coronavirus, the financial stresses of it is dealing with paying for either rent or their mortgage on their house. So dad, why don't you start um, by talking about what relief is available in this situation? Well, the CARES Act, which we're all dealing with, and by now just about everybody's familiar with, that was recently passed by uh, Congress and signed by Trump. It's a 350-page document. In there, they have protections for things like mortgages. Uh, You lose your job because of the coronavirus, or you get cut back. Some people lose 20% of their income or 40% of their income. Well, they can't afford to pay their mortgages anymore. And there's a conflict about whether or not you have to lose your job or just have a financial hardship. The bill says financial hardship the Secretary of the Treasury says, lose your job. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out, but I think financial hardship is really the way it's is going it to defined, play out. Is it defined, though, financial hardship? No, it just says you have to attest to that. There's a financial hardship based on the coronavirus. So you basically try to, to stop paying your mortgage, and you just swear that you have a financial hardship. You don't necessarily have to prove or define what that is. Correct. Okay, so then keep going. So once you do that, how does it work? Well, then you have the option of trying to uh, put that off forbearance, it's called, for 180 days. Now, keep in mind, this only applies to mortgages that have a federal connection. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, VA loans, FHA loans. 
which are about 70% of all the mortgages. But we're also finding that banks, even though they, these may not be federally insured, banks are still doing it for just about all their mortgages. So it's something that people can still try to do even if they don't have one of those mortgages. Right. And the thing to remember, you can't just sit back. It's not an automatic. It's not just going to happen. You have to actually go to your service provider, go to your bank and say, look, I want a forbearance for 180 days. And there's a provision in there that you can have another 180 days after that if you can't pay your mortgage. Let me ask a question. By forbearance, are you, do you mean that those months of, uh, of mortgage payments are deferred to the end of the mortgage? Or does it mean that they're just waived and you have to pay them? Well, that's an interesting question because there's actually three options. One is called the paused payment option, which means that you pay it during the existing mortgage. So you put it off for six months. Then when you come back after the six months, the bank is going to say, hey, we want that six months. And you have to make that six months up right away. They can't charge you an extra penalty for the six months. They can't charge you extra interest. And they cannot hurt your credit. So if there's a credit report that comes through during that six months, they have to say that your payments are up to date. So that's one way of doing it. A second way is the mortgage payment reduction option, which means you can go to your bank and say, look, I can't pay the full mortgage, but I can pay half the mortgage. If they say, sure, go ahead, pay half the mortgage for the six months. And then what they allow you to do is spread out what you didn't pay over the next 12 months so that it's, it's a little easier uh, on you at that point. So basically what you're saying is there's a bunch of options if you have a financial hardship where you go to whoever owns your mortgage and try to work with them on it. Right. And if I could mention the third one okay. that's available, and that is where you uh, put it off for that six months, and then it goes to the end of a mortgage. They extend your mortgage another six months, so you pay it at the end. Right. So you basically have three options when you go to the bank. Instead of it ending in January of 2035, it's going to end now in July. July. Let's right. Okay. right. Right. So those are the three options that you have. Um, and... Remember now, these are only federal. These are only required for federally insured mortgages, which is again seventy percent of all mortgages anyway. What if you can't pay your mortgage even after that? Can they kick you out? There is a prohibition against being able to be foreclosed on if you have a mortgage that you're not paying from March 18th, which is around the time the bill passed. For 60 days, they cannot do any foreclosures, and any foreclosures that are happening or active during that period have to stop. So they give you that break. And it's even longer than 60 days because after the 60 days is up, they have to start the foreclosure process. And we all know, even in Florida, sometimes it takes years to foreclose on a property. So I guess the the question then would be, are people that are being foreclosed on, is are people waiting to start that foreclosure process until after this is all over? Or are they going to start the ball rolling once the 60 days passes, then they can get you out? Once the 60-day passes, then they can file for foreclosure. Foreclosure is not an instantaneous thing. You file on day one, you're kicked out day two. That doesn't happen. So they can't even start the process for 60 days. Right. Everything is frozen for 60 days. And so to me, what that sounds like is we're going to figure out 60 days from now if we're going to let people get kicked out of their houses. Because my guess would be, I mean, this stuff's changing every day. 60 days from now, they could come out with something saying, you can't foreclose on people for the time being indefinitely. Well, frankly, I think that was put in there to encourage the banks to work with the people to try to get a payment they can afford because foreclosure is just too much trouble. That makes sense. All right. So let's talk about rent now. 
we talked the first section was kind of just about mortgages. You own your house, you have the mortgage, you're paying foreclosures. Now let's talk about rent and evictions. What are what is what does the CARES Act say about that? Well, on rental we have a totally different rule. Again, and I know I've said this before. So it's not the CARES Act. It is the CARES okay. Act, but the rules are totally different. Okay. And I know I've said this before, but it's our the rental properties that are mortgaged by a federal entity. Again, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So this does not apply to if you own it outright and you're just an individual person renting your house? That's correct. Okay. But um, if you're in the state of Florida, the governor's uh, emerging declaration that happened, what, two weeks ago now, does speak to it. And what it does say is that they put a moratorium, a stop, on all residential evictions, meaning the, the sheriff's office will not go and displace you from your house. No matter what or just for failure to pay rent? Just for fair to pay rent. Okay, so not yeah. if you smash the windows or do something yeah, else to get out. out of the house. Right, exactly. You can count. still get evicted, but just for not paying the rent. And, and I, I said it, I'll just say it to be clear, it's just residential because there were some news uh, programs oh. recently about people that rent their businesses and they unfortunately do not have the same redress uh, under the under the rules of the state rules. So commercial is totally different. Right, and okay. they deal differently with single family homes versus multifamily homes like apartment buildings. If you're in a single family home, they cannot evict you for 120 days. There's kind of a freeze on it. Mm -hmm. If you're in an apartment building, it's 90 days. And it used to be, frankly, even HUD, before they passed the CARES Act, stopped all evictions on HUD properties or Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac properties. But now we've got a situation where the CARES Act overrules that. And if you have a governor's... I didn't understand what you just said. HUD used to... HUD had a 60-day... They did it on their own before the CARES Act. Okay, so you couldn't evict for 60 days, not period. It sounded like you said you couldn't evict, period. No, for 60 days. But now they've extended it to 90 days for apartments and 120 for single family? Right. Okay. Right. CARES Act changed the HUD internal policies. Okay. And then we have the Florida situation that Peter just talked about where the governor has said we're not going to do any evictions in Florida. And although that can't overrule CARES, CARES allows you to have even more protections uh, if the state wants to give you more protections than it gives you. So my guess is this is a this is a domino effect, right? You own a rental property, you have a mortgage on it, you've got to pay that mortgage, and now your income is gone because they don't have to pay rent. So you can then go to whoever has your mortgage and talk to them about the financial hardship being the case that your um, tenant can no longer pay the rent, and therefore you've got a financial hardship and just try to push it all and push it all. There's an interesting twist in the CARES Act. Single-family homes... Let's say you're the landlord and you go to get a forbearance uh, and the, your bank says, no, we're not going to forgive you just because the guy's not paying you rent. Well, in that case, you still cannot evict the guy that's not paying you right, rent. Right, exactly. Not so in multifamily. In multifamily, the forbearance goes along with the forgiveness or, or the not eviction. Okay. So if, if in a multifamily property, you, the landlord can't get forbearance, then that affects the duration of the 120 days that he, I mean, the 90 days. Wait, so you're saying if he doesn't get a forbearance, he can evict quicker? Yes. Yes. He wow. can, or he in can an apartment? Longer. If you get a forbearance, you can't evict, even if it's more than 90 days. So I mean, think about it. It makes sense. Well, yeah, of course, because you're getting the forbearance. Right, sure. yeah, you're yeah, getting yeah, the forbearance yeah, yeah. on your rent, so why should you be able to evict these No, people? I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But the other one doesn't make sense. So you can then evict quicker than all of these acts say you can evict if it, you don't get a forbearance? The forbearance goes along with the eviction process in multifamily, okay. not in single family. I know, but, I, so you, but you're saying there is a situation where you can evict 
sooner than the 90-day pause? And then what about HUD's 60-day pause? That has nothing to do with it anymore. Okay, but what uh, about, but gone. you're saying, so you can evict in 60 days if you don't get a forbearance, if you have a multifamily? If you're multifamily, yes. Hmm. Um, but it goes the other way around, too. If you get a forbearance, you sure. can't Sure, yeah, yeah, I get that, I get yeah. that. So, so what about the people that, because I've had a lot of questions for people, actually, some clients, some friends that own rental properties. If they own it outright and the tenant can't pay, they're just basically screwed at this point because they can't, what relief can they get? No, they can evict then because it's not a federal property. HUD is not financed by But Pete's HUD. saying that the sheriff's not right. going to evict people. The difference is oh. the sheriff won't come out and actually put you on the street, put your tenant on the there's street. So, and that's what's confusing. That's why we want to do these podcasts because there's so many different acts and uh, emergency, whatever the, the governor does, and all these different things are kind of competing with each other. Nobody even knows which law rules, which is you know important in our world. There's always these superseding laws. One overrules the other. But in this, it's just kind of like if the sheriff's not going to evict people, it doesn't matter what any of the other acts or right. laws it, say. It's a practicality issue. The only person that can open up the door for you to take the couch out of your rental property and throw it on the side of the road right. is the sheriff. So what? So what is what is your recourse then if you're a private person that owns a rental? I think you're just SOL until the sheriff's office opens up or releases the moratorium. Would you be better off still serving an eviction notice, even think, though you can't get them evicted? Yeah. At least maybe it can try to make you work something out. I think what you do is you have to protect your legal rights, so you're obligated to go through the process. The reality is you're not going to be able to get that person out, but at least you've got the paperwork. If they leave on their own, great. If they don't, when the moratorium's over, then well, the, you're going to well, have court, your documents. Does that executive order affect in the court issue an order of eviction, even though the sheriff may not serve it? Are the courts issuing those orders? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know if the courts are actually hearing eviction uh, proceedings. Because this is all just happening right, right can now. Can you still file it? I think the answer is yes. You can file for eviction. Whether you're going to get a what's called a writ of uh, forcible entry and detainer, which is what happens at the end when the judge says, okay, that guy's either got to pay the rent or go in three days. I don't think they're, they're doing that. I also think there's also another practical aspect. I think this order, the executive order, only lasts through the emergency period. So April 30th. Right. So after, because I know that the, right, because I know the courts, the courts don't think evictions are one of those essential court matters. But after April 30th, right now, that's the day we're dealing with. They can. At that point, the sheriff may be able, may be doing it. Right. Which is going to be shorter than the 120 days that's in the CARES Act. Sure. So, but I mean, my guess is it's all going to be extended, but... When you're talking about this too, you have to realize, practically speaking, you're going in front of another person, the judge, asking them to kick this family out during the coronavirus where they're going to have nowhere else to go and they're out of work because of the coronavirus. So it's not only bad form, but chances are you're not going to win this at this point. You might as well try to figure something out with whatever the tenant can pay or do, or even if you give them a forbearance where they pay it on the back end or whatever it is you're practically speaking probably not going to win this fight. Yeah, from the landlord's perspective, if you show up and the tenant doesn't show up, that's the only way you win it. But as a tenant, if you show up at the hearing and say, "Judge, I lost my job. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I got a wife and two kids, right. and I got no income." You're I, not going to get you're not going to win that. Ain't nobody throwing them out. Okay, so in another thing when when you already let's just say own a house outright and your tenant stops paying you, it's not just a mortgage that you pay on houses. What about your taxes, your property taxes, HOA fees, utilities, things like that? Is there anything in the CARES Act that, that helps out an owner with that? Not in the CARES Act, but there are some things going on on the state level 
with our courts and those types of things that are trying to protect people and give them a break. Right. And uh, the public utilities, for example, you will not have your electrical service cut off in Florida uh, during this state of emergency because the electric company is just not going to turn you off for non-payment. So that might be something as a as a landlord, if your tenant stops paying, you call the utilities company, tell them you're not going to pay for the utilities because the tenant's not paying. And if they're not going to shut it off, at least you don't have to keep paying that. My guess is homeowners associations will do the same thing. All this stuff can probably be pushed back with the telephone call to explain. And you can use the CARES Act and other things that are happening for protection and for um, you know, forbearance and pushing off these bills and you just call them and try to work them out when it deals with uh, rent and mortgages of the house or place that you're actually living. Another thing we have to caution everybody about are scams related to this type of thing where you've got people coming and saying, look, um, pay me a hundred bucks and, and I'll contact your bank and you won't have to pay your, your rent for six months or pay me a hundred bucks and I'll make sure you don't get evicted when, in fact, they're not going to get evicted anyway because of the CARES Act. There's a lot of opportunity for yeah, fraud. for sure. Yeah. No one's ever going to ask you for money to give you relief under any of these programs. Right. Okay, Pete, let's talk about another interesting um, bit of relief that's given by some of the car insurance companies. You know, this is so crazy. Um, when I initially saw it, I'm like, what's the scam? And I, I, I think I figured it out. The 10 cent version is this. Because car traffic has just plummeted. Um, personal travel has declined, and I think car accidents from the same time last year are down more than 50%. A lot of insurance companies have decided to give rebates uh, to their insureds. And I'll give you some specifics. Uh, State Farm uh, is giving 25% credits on premiums between March 20th and May 31st. Allstate and Liberty Mutual are issuing 15% refunds on premiums. Uh, Geico is doing 15% credit as your policy comes up for renewal. Uh, American Family Insurance, $50 per vehicle uh, refund. And Farmers, who also owns 21st Century, is also doing 25% reduction in their April premiums. USAA, uh, 20% credit for auto policies for the next two months. And finally, Progressive. I'm just giving you the names of the big carriers here in Florida. Progressive is doing 20% credit for April and May. So the question is, why? Um, it made sense for me on some of these companies. For example, Allstate, which is technically owned by its insureds, they pay dividends. Um, because they're not paying out claims, because nobody's driving, no one's getting in car accidents, their risk is reduced. They're passing that back because their internal documents basically require that there's a portion of that money that goes back to their, uh, their policyholders' as premiums. Um, other than that, if your insurance company is not named, and one of the ones I just said, you still aren't SOL. You still have an opportunity there. Still call them and see what they're doing. And that's really what you should do. I think you should. It doesn't hurt you to pick up a phone and say, hey. I'm not I'm, using my car. I'm not using my car. I'm not driving. It's sitting in the garage. I've lost my job, whatever the case may be. Will you, uh, I mean, reduce my rate? Will you give me a rebate? Will you do whatever it is you need to do? Because I'll shop it if you won't. That's the, the threat. If you won't help me out, right. I'll go shopping. And you can mention the fact that all these other big companies are doing the same thing and a lot of them fall in line. L let me give you a little bit of advice, though. If, in fact, you do make the threat, don't cancel your current insurance policy until you have another insurance policy. Number one, you don't want the lapse in coverage because that's one of the things that insurance companies review to consider what your rate should be. 
Uh, and the second part is you don't want a lapse in coverage that you don't know about because the last thing you want is to go start driving on the street and the police pull you over and you have no insurance. Well, isn't that just what you're suggesting is the same thing for almost anything to try to to leverage the fact that you sure. can't make a payment. Would you rather get 50% of my money or none of my money? Right, exactly. And Because uh, I noticed a lot of the car dealerships and companies, not only on their new cars, their used cars, they're now not requiring any payments for 90 days. You know, right, so for and that's three something months, we talk about, but that's car payments, same thing as right. with mortgage payments and rent payments. A lot of this stuff can be pushed if you just ask. And another thing that I've come across talking to some people that are on the boards of private schools, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're not refunding the money. Uh, they're working with some families that can't afford it at the current time, but they are pushing a lot of the payments down. With private schools, you can pay monthly, you can pay twice a year, you can pay one lump sum, but you can push that date now further down the road. And a lot of the payments you have in your life, if you think about it and you look at all the stuff you have to pay, if you're short on money right now, most of those bills can be pushed a few months. Most of those bills can be discounted. And like like we're saying, sometimes they'll take 50% better than 100%. Country clubs are giving credits for 50% or 100% to be able to spend at the country club at a later date. It's the same kind of idea as restaurants wanting to sell gift cards. They have the money for the cash flow now. So later when people come use gift cards, they're not making as much money later, but it doesn't matter because they're, they're able to keep some cash flow up during this Corona time. But the key is, if you do have a debt, like a lease payment or uh, insurance payment, those kind of debts, don't just sit back and not make the payment. Pick up the phone, call these people up, because if you don't call them and work something out with them, then your credit's going to go bad. And you know they're going to foreclose on you. And that's or they're something gonna that can be longer insurance. lasting. Right. So make the call. Don't just sit back. You've got to be proactive, negotiate with them. And, and make a better deal that you can afford uh, in this back at economic times. So the last thing I want to talk about is uh, the all of the organizations, charities, churches, groups out there that are putting together funds and groups that can help people that need the help. Don't be ashamed or afraid to ask whatever group you may be affiliated with or know somebody that's affiliated with. Our church and a lot of the churches around um, the Tampa Bay area are constantly asking for people that have needs, whether it be food, whether it be uh, be some money, whether it be clothes for their kids, whether it be you know somebody to help teach their kids virtually because they have to work. Reach out to a group. They're constantly looking for ways to help families and people in the community. So make sure you reach out to them. Additionally, people that have the means and are not in a financial crisis right now, it's a great time to give back to people that do need and especially giving to first responders, Um, families that have to work, uh, put themselves kind of in the line of fire to get this virus because they're essential and they really need to be working through this time. We are going to be doing um, some social media posts and some videos where, you know, we're catering lunches to some fire stations and things like that. We're trying to give back to local restaurants by, you know, hiring them to do the catering. We're bringing it to the first responders. The fire station over in Clearwater is what we're doing this week. You may be hearing this next week, so it may have already shown on Friday, but things like that. We're going to challenge other businesses in the area to do it. If you guys have any ideas or any charities or first responder locations or things we're not thinking about, feel free to find us on social media. Tell us about it. We'd love to get involved in any challenges or match some things that other people are doing. So let us know, and we want to encourage everybody out there that's listening to this, if you're able to. 
jump on board, do a challenge, cater some uh, lunch or dinner to first responders, support the local restaurants, because now is kind of a time for our community to all come together. And that's the end of this episode. And as always, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Home at midnight train.